Welcome to Abide's Sleep Meditations. I'm Tyler Boss, and I'd like to invite you to try the number one Christian meditation app, Abide. You know, just that word alone, Abide, or to remain in Christ, is why I love this app so much. It continually encourages me to remain in my Creator, which helps me to grow in so many ways, even as I sleep. And I hope you find that same encouragement as well. You can text ABIDE to 22433 for 25% off the Abide app. Just text ABIDE to 22433. Now, let's relax as we hear tonight's sleep story. Hello, and welcome to this sleep story from Abide, based on true stories from guideposts, all God's creatures. I'm Diane. Almost three-quarters of American households have pets. They become our furry, fuzzy, or feathery family members. But even if your household doesn't have a pet, you most likely encounter animals in your life, either your backyard bird feeder lures hungry visitors, or you see squirrels darting from tree to tree. Whatever your encounter with animals, There can be no doubt that they are uniquely created by God. Animals even listen to God. In the book of Jonah, we learn that God commanded a great fish to swallow Jonah and then to spit him onto dry land. And then God caused a worm to eat a plant that had grown up to give Jonah shade. In the book of Numbers, in the Old Testament, A man named Balaam was acting cruelly toward his donkey when the animal actually spoke to him. Genesis 1, 21 tells us, So God created the great sea creatures and every living creature that moves, with which the waters swarm according to their kinds, and every winged bird according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. In tonight's sleep story, God's Amazing Creatures, we'll encounter animals both huge and small in stories told by the people that experienced significant God moments involving those creatures. You'll drift off to sleep with a smile on your face as your heart is touched by the way God uses all his amazing animals to reveal himself to the humans who coexist with them. Whether you're an animal lover or not, the owner of one cat or five, the friend of a single dog or companion to many, let these stories wash away your worries and remind you that God hears you and that he cares for you. And next time you see a squirrel trying to steal food out of the bird feeder, Smile at its wily ways. Before I share these special stories with you, make sure you're comfortable in your bed. Acknowledge the distractions that want to worm their way into your thoughts, and then send them away to be dealt with tomorrow. Close your eyes and take a nice deep breath. Hold it for a few seconds and then release it. Feel the tension of the day begin to drain from your body as you steady your breathing and relax your muscles. 
take inventory of your body relax the muscle groups in your neck your shoulders your abdomen now your arms and hands your legs and feet clench and relax invite God's Holy Spirit to surround you tonight to bring you comfort and to protect you from all fears and anxiety as you lay your hand on your blanket imagine the soft warm fur of a sleeping puppy or a cuddly kitten bringing you comfort continue to breathe in and out Matthew 6 26 says look at the birds of the air they do not sow or reap or store away in barns and yet your Heavenly Father feeds them are you not much more valuable than they Psalm 104 verse 21 says the lions roar for their prey and seek their food from God job 12 7 through 10 says but ask the animals and they will teach you or the birds in the sky and they will tell you or speak to the earth and it will teach you or let the fish in the sea inform you which of all these does not know that the hand of the Lord has done this in his hand is the life of every creature and the breath of all mankind all creation is answerable to the Creator we have been given care of the animals and God uses them to reveal himself to us let me pray for you before I begin our stories Creator God thank you for all your creatures from the cute to the incredible from the armadillo to the antelope you have given each a unique place in this world I pray that you would take this listener this beloved child of yours deep into sleep so that they may wake up refreshed and ready to start their day tomorrow I pray that any worries or fears that they might be carrying would be swept away in the light of your love and care for them thank you for our animal friends who become integral parts of our family and thank you for the wonders of the wild animals who swim in the deep fly in the sky and roam the earth they speak of your glory give uplifting and calming dreams to this listener tonight assure them of your presence wrap them in your peace may they cast all their cares upon you because you care for them guard them guide them keep them in your perfect peace because their mind is fixed on you thank you for always being with us and for always having your eye on us 
we love you Jesus in your name I pray amen tonight I'm going to tell you special stories about amazing animals who have touched people's lives in unique ways we're not always looking for God in the everyday encounters we have sometimes we just go about our day not expecting anything unusual but God wants to bless us with his presence he wants us to know that he's always thinking about us hearing our prayers and caring for our needs whether they be physical or emotional all the stories you will hear tonight are true and they are told by the people who experienced them our first story is called cling to Jesus and it's by Tracy Crump Psalm 63 verses 7 and 8 in the New International Version says because you are my help I sing in the shadow of your wings I cling to you your right hand upholds me lightning flashed thunder boomed and the electricity went out after the storm moved through my husband Stan and I went to check on my elderly parents wind had blown down a huge limb and Stan stopped to drag it to the curb for pickup when he turned around two orange eyes stared into his they belonged to a bedraggled but beautiful gray bird its hooked beak opened in silent protest and claws clamped onto the branch when the bird made no attempt to fly we texted a picture of it to the director of a wildlife rehabilitation center she identified it as a juvenile Mississippi kite a small bird of prey it's a brancher she said old enough to leave the nest but not yet ready to fend for itself put it back in a nearby tree and its parents will return to care for it once Stan managed to pry the bird's claws from the branch he did as instructed the next morning the two adult kites swooped in to feed their hungry offspring the young bird endured a frightening fall and a bumpy ride across the yard clinging to the only thing it knew for security what do I cling to when life throws me to the ground too often I look to other people for comfort and refuge others may turn to recreation work or more destructive diversions such as drugs or alcohol to dull the pain but I've found that only Jesus provides lasting security offering the assurance that he will stand beside me no matter what trials and hardships I face anything else is temporary life often takes me on a bumpy ride when I turn to Jesus I find peace and strength to let go of the branch I'm depending on and move forward Psalm 62 verse 7 in the New International Version says 
my salvation and my honor depend on God he is my mighty rock my refuge Tracy and Stan were there to help this little kite when it was alone and frightened and in that moment they could see the love and care that God always gives to them Lord thank you for always being there to help us to hear our cries sometimes you have to pry our hands off something we're clinging to in order to help us to put us where we need to be to grow help us to have loose hands willing to cling to you instead amen our next story is told by Judy Ross of Chesapeake Ohio she calls it llamas everywhere my husband Tom and I had come up with more than a few crazy ideas in our 29 years of marriage but this one topped them all we are not buying a llama I told him no way we had just driven home after spending the afternoon at a huge llama exhibition and show on the Ohio State Fairgrounds we had gone there for the dog show where for five years we'd shown our beloved boxer Roxy was a beautiful champion show dog whom I'd loved as if she were one of our children she'd drawn us into a life I could never have imagined Roxy came into our lives when she was a puppy and everything changed summer weekends were spent going to shows across the region it became all-consuming for months we didn't even go to church that was the one drawback about showing dogs but I'd so enjoyed it the competition the people we met the time bonding with Roxy I was sure God understood then at six years old Roxy was diagnosed with an inoperable brain tumor and died nearly a year later I was still heartbroken I thought coming to the show would be a way to relive happy memories but all I felt was sadness I can't do this I told Tom halfway through we left the arena just outside the doors was a huge sign come see the llamas let's check it out Tom said I thought he was joking an hour later we were still walking past pen after pen of these leggy furry animals Tom was fascinated peppering the farm owners with questions and getting their business cards the whole three-hour drive back to our 32-acre hillside hobby farm Tom was lost in thought sometimes I feel like we should be doing something more with our lives he said as much to himself as me at last we pulled into the driveway Tom announced I'm going to buy a llama he'd always been like this impulsive and full of ideas wanting to buy the farm when we were just starting out in our marriage volunteering us to teach Sunday school and then to lead a youth group 
never mind that we had no experience. He just leaped in and trusted God to figure out the details. I was more cautious and liked to weigh all the pros and cons. God gave us brains so we could think things through, right? And I couldn't see anything good about this. Why llamas? And what would we do with them? There's good money to be made in breeding them, Tom said. The breeders mentioned there's a huge demand, and it could supplement our retirement. I was 50. Tom was 52. I was glad he was thinking about our future, but still, llamas? It seems too risky, I said. We'd raised a few horses and cattle, not that we'd ever gotten rich off of it. Tom let the subject drop. I noticed he kept all the llama farm business cards on his dresser, though. A couple of months later, he called me at work. There's a llama farm north of Columbus, he said. I want to go have a look this weekend. More than 100 llamas ambled about the farm's rolling fields. Tom was like a kid in a candy store. Was this the future he envisioned for us? Llamas everywhere? We both worked full-time. Tom for a plastics manufacturer, me in the computer department of Marshall University's School of Medicine. Solid, dependable jobs. One llama in particular, a spindly-legged fuzzy brown and white baby, took a liking to Tom. Her name was Emily. She followed him like a puppy. How can we resist, Tom said. Let's just start with her. I still wasn't feeling it. But how much trouble could one little llama be? Okay, I said. You'll need to get two, the breeder added, not so helpfully. They're herd animals. They don't do well alone. Six months later, when they were old enough to be weaned, we brought home Emily and a solid brown male baby named Fabian. We opened the back doors of the trailer and the llamas walked into our freshly mowed field. Emily nosed the grass and began nibbling. Fabian sniffed the air around him. I can't explain it, but something took hold of me. There were just the two of them. Surrounded by open field, their wool sun-dappled. It seemed as if they were exactly where they belonged. As if God had reached down and placed them on our farm himself. Was he trying to tell me something? They're beautiful, I said. They really are, Tom nodded. But he had that faraway look again. What now? I thought. A few days later, I found out. We should take the llamas out to places where folks can meet them, he said. Nursing homes, schools, that kind of thing. I remembered the breeder stressing that it was important to get the word out, to have people interact with the llamas in order to build a successful breeding operation. I hadn't thought we'd start right away, though. 
I've been praying for a way for us to get involved in some sort of ministry outside of church, Tom said. The llamas could be the answer. They'll be a conversation starter for sure. An animal ministry? I thought about Roxy and all the places we'd taken her. People constantly came up to us wanting to pet her, but I'd never seen it as a chance to talk about God. If anything, the dog show circuit had pulled me away from church, from practicing my faith. I'd regretted that. Now it was as if God was giving us a chance for a do-over. With llamas, of all things. We could call our farm Good News Llamas, Tom said. We can share the good news of Jesus Christ where we go. A few days later, I called the nursing home in our area. They were thrilled to have us visit. The residents' faces lit up when they saw Emily and Fabian. I've never seen a llama in real life, one woman said. She couldn't stop petting Emily. The llamas were as gentle as could be. We didn't talk directly about God, and yet there was no doubt that He was there working through us bringing joy and laughter to people not long after that we visited a school a boy came up to fabian a scowl on his face he was dressed all in black everything about him said leave me alone yet he buried his head deep in fabian's wool holding the llama tight for nearly 20 minutes Fabian never tried to pull away. He connected with this boy in a way I never could have imagined. At the end of our visit, a teacher told me that boy comes from a very difficult family situation. I've never seen him show any kind of affection. I found myself spending more and more time with our llamas. And it wasn't just to learn how to keep them healthy and happy. Emily still followed Tom around like a puppy. Every night when he came home from work, she was by the fence, waiting for him. When Emily and Fabian were nearly a year old, the breeder told us we needed to separate them so they wouldn't mate too young. Of course, that meant buying two more llamas so everyone could have a friend. When we finally began breeding them, the babies were so cute, I couldn't bear to part with them. So much for our retirement income. Every year we welcomed two or three new llamas to the herd that became part of our family. I heard about all the uses for llama fiber, and from that came an entirely new ministry. Our daughter Mitzi started Woolly Mountain Ministries, speaking of churches and using llama wool and her spinning wheel to share the message of Jesus Christ. I too learned how to spin the fiber into yarn, perfect for knitting and crocheting. I began teaching spinning, dyeing, and felting. We went to more schools and nursing homes, festivals and parades, even the llama show on the Ohio State Fairgrounds, the place where it all began. Our schedules got so busy, 
we ultimately left our jobs to devote more time to the ministry. The Lamas turned out to be a wonderful retirement plan after all. Today we have a herd of 18, including Emily. She's 23 now and still loves meeting people. People are drawn in by the Lamas, but they also ask about the ministry's name. What do you mean by good news? They say. I tell them of God's love and how he wants the best for each of us. If only we allow ourselves to trust and go where he leads us. So God created the great sea creatures and every living creature that moves with which the waters swarm according to their kinds and every winged bird according to its kind and God saw that it was good Judy could not envision a future that included llamas but God directed their steps and now the lovely llamas bring joy to all who meet them father thank you for these unique creatures that are bringing such joy for so many people around good news llamas farm in Ohio thank you that Judy and Tom listen to your voice may we always be open to the plans you have for us amen our next story comes from Elena Tafone, and it is titled the compassion of Giants my mom and I stood at the bow of the boat braced against the chop it was July but the wind was ripping through Monterey Bay freezing my hands and face perfect weather our tour guide assured us for catching a glimpse my family was on vacation in California and there was a lot to do but we were on a mission to see just one thing humpback whales my mom is a pharmacist who studied marine biology in college she'd been itching to go whale watching ever since now that we're on the boat she could barely sit still I just love whales she said they're so majestic my mom isn't alone in her love of these fantastic creatures since the beginning of time whales have fascinated mankind and for good reason they aren't just majestic they're downright mysterious from their massive size the blue whale stretches the length of nearly three school buses to the haunting songs that humpbacks use to communicate with one another then there's their personality humpback whales in particular have been known to display human-like emotions even compassion in fact it was in Monterey Bay that in May 2012 a group of researchers with the California killer whale project witnessed the incredible a pod of orcas aka killer whales attacked two gray whales a mother and its calf the orcas killed the calf before they could eat it or attack the mother whale a dozen or so humpback whales showed up they made loud noises and slapped their tails against the water whenever an orca approached for six and a half hours the humpbacks 
kept up their amazing vigil, protecting the gray. It wasn't an isolated incident. For decades, scientists have been documenting a puzzling phenomenon. Humpback whales that come to the aid and rescue of other creatures in the sea. It's fitting in a way. After all, the most famous incident of a whale rescue comes from the Old Testament. Jonah, the prophet, was saved from drowning by a big fish that swallowed him whole and delivered him to shore after three days. Many theologians believe that the story hints at Jesus' death and resurrection. But could the tale also indicate there's more to whales than meets the eye? Take what happened in 2009 to Dr. Robert Pittman, a marine ecologist for NOAA Fisheries to the Antarctic Peninsula. Pittman and his team encountered two full-grown humpbacks harassing a pod of orcas. The whole thing seemed a bit odd, Pittman says, because it didn't seem like an attack. It was only after the team reviewed footage of the event that they saw something else. A small Weddell seal tucked between the whales, just out of reach of the orcas. Was it possible that the humpbacks had been protecting it? Or had the seal simply been caught in the wrong place at the wrong time? A week later, Pittman and his crew got an answer. They captured yet another photo, this time of a humpback clutching a small seal to its belly. The whale was holding the seal upside down, out of the water and away from another group of hungry orcas. Again, the humpbacks had stepped in. Intrigued, Pittman asked around. He learned that other whale researchers had observed similar encounters. According to a study Pittman published in the journal Marine Mammal Science, from 1951 to 2012, there have been 115 documented cases of humpbacks interfering with orcas and sharks. The humpbacks most often work in pairs and protect animals ranging from sunfish to sea lions. The question remains, how do humpbacks show up in times of need, especially if there's no apparent benefit to them? Are they simply protecting their territory? Or are they acting with a more benevolent purpose? When a human protects an imperiled individual of another species, we call it compassion, Pittman says. If a humpback whale does so, we call it instinct. But sometimes the distinction isn't all that clear, especially when that compassion extends to human beings. Nan Hauser, a whale biologist and the president of the Center for Cetacean Research and Conservation, experienced a humpback rescue firsthand in October 2017, she was filming as she snorkeled off the coast of the Cook Islands in the Pacific Ocean. Suddenly she came face to face with two adult humpbacks. One of them, a 50,000 pound male 
made a beeline for her. He came right toward me and didn't stop, Hauser says. You have to sort or push yourself to try to get away. But I couldn't. This wail was relentless. My hand was up against him, and he was pushing me. And the next thing I knew, he was nudging me, and then I was on his head. For the next ten minutes, the whale continued to prod Hauser. She tried as best as she could to remain calm, but one wrong move and the humpback could have easily injured her. I knew I was going to die, she says. He kept trying to put me under his pectoral fin, but I couldn't go under because I'd drown. I had just a mask and snorkel on. Then he lifted me up, clear out of the water. I looked over and saw the other whale, a female. She was madly tail-slapping. Then Hauser noticed something else, a third shape in the water. At first, because of its sheer size, she thought it was another whale. But its tail isn't going up and down. It was swimming from side to side, headed straight for Hauser. It was a 15-foot tiger shark. The whales had been keeping Hauser away from it. The incident left its mark. Hauser thought about her whale rescuer constantly. She couldn't help but wonder if the whale was conscious of her as well. Then a year and 15 days after the rescue, something remarkable happened. While out with another research team, Hauser spotted a humpback with similar markings on its tail to the one who rescued her. Whale tail patterns are unique, like human fingerprints. This humpback swam right up to the side of the boat. He picked up his head and stared at me. Hauser recalls, he didn't pay any attention to anyone else on my boat. She pulled up a photo on her phone of the male whale that had rescued her and compared it with this whale. The tail markings were identical. We can present these cases professionally and scientifically, Hauser says, but at the same time, there's a spiritual aspect to it. That's something I experienced that July day in Monterey when our tour boat came to a sudden stop. The captain had spotted something. Yes, there to the left of the bow, he saw the shadow of a submerged humpback. The whale was a mother. Her calf swam alongside her. My mom and I watched mesmerized as the calf already weighing in at about three tons, jumped in and out of the water, coming back down with a giant splash. We visited with the whales for only an hour, but months later I still couldn't stop thinking about them. Hauser, who's been studying whales for nearly 30 years, feels the same way. Everything about them is so mysterious, she says. They are sentient beings. When you look into their eyes, you can see that they know something we don't know. And it's that deep, deep wisdom and knowledge we can only hope to one day understand. So God created the great sea creatures and every living creature that moves. 
with which the waters swarm according to their kinds and every winged bird according to its kind and God saw that it was good Lord God everything you made is good from the tiniest little baby kite to the huge humpback whale you use all your creatures to bring you glory everything points to you thank you for allowing us to hear the stories of these animal encounters that meant so much to others help us to appreciate all aspects of your creation and to praise you when we see them I pray for this listener as they rest now peaceful and content knowing that you are with them all through the night in Jesus name I pray amen thank you for joining me in hearing these wonderful stories of God's amazing creatures the prophet Isaiah wrote these amazing words about what the day of the Lord will look like in that day the wolf and the lamb will live together the leopard will lie down with the baby goat the calf and the yearling will be safe with the lion and a little child will lead them all the cow will graze near the bear the cub and the calf will lie down together the lion will eat hay like a cow amen <laughs>